following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There's only one way you can be strong in the Lord. It's not complicated. The only way you can be strong in the Lord is to divorce the devil and walk in obedience to the commands of God as he speaks to you by the word and by his Holy Spirit. I speak with men and women regularly and I ask them the question. I did this morning, in fact. How are you with Jesus? And one of the people that I spoke to answered the question by saying, Well, I guess I'm all right. I said, Are you, are you fasting? Are you praying every day? Are you reading the scriptures every day? Are you, are you really walking with Jesus? Well, not really, Pastor. I'm... I'm struggling with some things. Then you're not strong in the Lord, are you? See, you can say, Oh, I'm strong in the Lord. The Lord is good. And I'm supposed to answer, Oh, he's good all the time, isn't he? Now, the question is not about whether God is good. The question is, are you righteous? Are you walking in obedience to the mighty word of the Almighty God? If you're not walking in obedience, you're not strong in the Lord. You're strong in the darkness. 
You're strong in the devil, but you're not strong in the Lord. Now, this week we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit and his power. I want to read again this passage of Scripture, and then we're going to go in depth. I want you to be strong in the Lord, in reality, not in fiction. I want you to be strong in Jesus, walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, having had the gates of righteousness opened wide to you, being transformed into a new person by the power of the blood of Jesus. Not make-believe, but real. Not imputed righteousness, but imparted righteousness by faith. By faith in the blood of Jesus. By your divorcing the devil and darkness and the entertainment of the world and and the anger and the bitterness and the, the pride and the arrogance and the, the looking down and judging other people. Trying to cast the the mote out of your brother's eye when you've got a beam in your own eye. There's nothing uglier than someone trying to correct a brother or a sister when they have a beam in their own eye. So let's read this. We find it in Romans, the eighth chapter. Now, you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. The reason I am doing this broadcast at great expense and at great demands on my time and my energy is because a standard of righteousness must be lifted up in America if we are ever repent and turn from our wicked ways and receive once more the blessing of God on America. We're not going to find that blessing in our political leaders, but I must tell you, I am praying every day for Donald Trump. And I am praying every day against the wickedness of the progressive leftists, our media, that turns against everything that is decent and righteous and holy. I mean, you've heard the latest thing? Misogamy? Do you know what that means? People, like this one woman who walked down the aisle, dressed in her very finest white wedding gown, got to the altar... There was no one waiting for her. She was marrying herself. She was marrying herself. This is the new trend, to marry yourself, saying, I'm enough. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anything. I'm enough in me. They're saying, I'm God. What utter foolishness and wickedness has come upon our nation. Let me read this for you. Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans, the 8th chapter. I'll begin with verse 26. Now in like manner also, the Spirit takes hold with us against our weaknesses. We know not what things we might pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself meets with us in our behalf 
with unutterable groanings so that the one searching the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is so that in accordance with God he pleads in behalf of the holy ones. Now we know that all things work together for good for the ones loving God, for the ones being called according to his purpose. Now if you're going to understand the message that I need to share with you today, you're going to have to learn one basic principle of hermeneutics. A big word. All it simply means are what are the principles of interpretation that are necessary to understand in order to rightly read the Word of God. And that one supreme hermeneutical principle is that we must not take things out of context. We must read things in context with the other scriptures that surround this passage. So we see in this passage that we have the hope of the resurrection. The hope being seen is not hope. But what one sees, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for what we do not see, with patience we eagerly wait for it. Now he's saying that as we're eagerly waiting for that salvation, the final bringing to us of a new body, of being taken into the Holy of Holies in the heavenly realm, the coming of Jesus Christ in glory and in power, as we're waiting on that, we're waiting as righteous men and women, then the Holy Spirit comes and he partners with us against any weakness that we might possess that would lead us potentially into sin. He sides with our, our strength in Jesus against the weakness And it says, we know not what things we might pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself meets with us in our behalf with unutterable groanings. So you don't know quite what to pray for. But it's vital that you begin to understand what to pray for. And the Holy Spirit begins to teach us how to pray and what to pray for. Now, as I said earlier in the week, if you grieve the Holy Spirit from you by turning and accepting those things of weakness, and so you turn to the entertainment, you turn to anger, you turn to bitterness, you begin to bite people, fear rises in your heart, you are driven by the powers of darkness, then you will grieve the Holy Spirit from you and you will not be able to pray according to the purposes of God. Now the bottom line is that we pray for the purposes of God. Note, this is Romans 8, verse 28. 
Now we know that all things work together for good for the ones loving God, for the ones being called according to his purpose. Now I've heard that scripture preached on so many times. And always it's taken out of context. Always the teaching is, just trust God and where you're at and what you're doing, and everything's going to work out for your good. And no matter what bad things happen in your life, just trust Jesus and everything is going to come out all right. You're going to have the finances you need. You're going to have the friendships you need. You're going to have the relationships you want. You're going to have everything your heart desires. If you'll just trust God and stand on this promise that everything's going to work out for good for the ones loving God. Do you love God? Oh, yes, I love God. Then everything's going to be okay. That's not what the scripture teaches. That is a totally false understanding of this passage of scripture. Let me show you the true understanding of this passage. He's been talking about the Holy Spirit coming and searching the heart He's talking about the Holy Spirit joining against the wickedness of our own heart in the temptation to sin. And he's saying, in accordance with God, he pleads in behalf of the holy ones. So if you're not walking holy before God, this passage of Scripture does not apply to you. If you're walking in any known sin, this passage does not apply to you. It is only for the holy ones. Now, what do you mean now? He's pleading in behalf of the holy ones, the righteous ones. Now, in light of who he's pleading for, all things work together for good, for the ones loving God, for the ones being called according to his purpose. So if your life is in line with the purpose of God and you are holy, then he is going to work everything out in accord with his will for your life because you are in accord with his purpose. So that really raises the question, what is God's purpose? Well, I've shared with you the passage of scripture that that very clearly says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So we know that a key part of what God's purpose is, is to destroy the work of the devil in your life and in the lives of other people. A young man called me just before I went on air, and I hesitated, almost didn't take the call, and then I took it. And he's been talking with a Muslim woman, And he's a Christian man. His background is Hindu, but he is now a Christian. And he's been talking for several hours every day to this Muslim woman, young woman. And he's thinking that this may be the one that God has chosen for him. And so I've shared the passages of Scripture about not being unequally yoked. And he said to me, should I tell her now that I cannot be with her unless she becomes a Christian? I said, no. Instead, you have to be right with Jesus. And then share your life in Jesus with this Muslim woman. 
and be kind and then spend your time in the prayer closet pleading with Jesus that if this is the one he's calling to be your wife, that Jesus would convict her of his godhood and of his righteousness and of his being the Messiah. And then she's either going to run or she's going to come to Jesus. So before you go any further in this friendship with this woman, be very straight and honest and loving about who Jesus is to you and invite her to become a follower of Jesus. Well, he said, should I tell her that if she doesn't become a Christian, I have to stop talking with her? He said, absolutely no, because you can't force her to become a Christian. You don't want her to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus because I love you. No, give Jesus a chance to win her heart like he won your heart from Hinduism. And let Jesus have an opportunity to save her soul, to turn her from the lies of Islam to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, please understand, it is God's purpose to win Muslims from the false God of Allah to the true God, Jesus Christ. The true God who created the earth, the heavens, the stars. It is God's purpose to win the Hindus it is God's purpose to win the Buddhist. It's God's purpose to win the hedonist and the hippie. It's God's purpose to win all men to himself. And so now the question comes, are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to plead according to the purpose of God in your life. Now, I want to take this much deeper. And to do that, I need to ask you, please come to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now, I've spoken about this about a year ago, but I need to come back and review it with you in light of the passage in Hebrews, the 8th chapter. In every Bible that I have checked except one translation, the translation is incorrect for chapter 11, verse 3. Now please, I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm asking you to please look up in Strong's Concordance, in Young's Concordance, or any other Fine Bible concordance there. You can go to, to many different Bible concordances. You can even go to Google and Google this passage. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 3. And look at the actual meaning of the Greek words. And you will quickly see that the translations of these Bibles, the NIV, the King James Version. Uh, I'm going to read for you from the HCSB, which is an excellent translation by Holman. 
all of them totally miss the meaning of this third verse in Hebrews 11. And if you miss the meaning of Hebrews 11.3, you might as well throw out the whole 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews because it won't make sense to you. It'll be an interesting story, but it won't bite you. It won't lead you into the presence of Jesus. It will not bring conviction to your heart. Now, please, I do not read the scriptures just to be reading the scriptures. I read the scriptures to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I read the scriptures and I pray over them every day, seeking to know the fullness of Jesus. Everything written in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Psalms, every bit of it was about Jesus. The New Testament, the New Covenant, it's all about Jesus. He's everything. So let's look at this Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 3. I'm going to read for you first from a misinterpreted translation. You remember yesterday I said to you, I don't trust fully in any translation of the scriptures. You can find Jesus in every translation. But to understand the deep things of the Spirit, you're going to have to study to show yourself approved. You're going to have to dig deeper. And with the internet, we can dig deeper very quickly. It's all laid out for us. So let me read this false translation. And you'll see what I mean. I'm going to begin with Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1, because I want you to have the context of this passage. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof or the evidence of what is not seen, for our ancestors won God's approval by it. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by God's command so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. Even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not experience death, and he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was approved since he had pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness 
that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promises, for he was looking forward to a city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as innumerable as the grains of sand by the seashore. Okay, now, I want to help you make sense out of what we just read. And you'll catch it very quickly. Let me read some of these same passages now from another translation. And this translation is by Dr. Malcolm Lavender. He is the only one that I have found who correctly translates the Greek. But if you will go to Strong's Concordance or Thayer's or Young's or any other excellent commentary, including Googling the passage, you will discover that what I am saying is true. Let me read the correct translation now, beginning with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is assurance of things being expected, an inner conviction of things not being seen. For by this the men of old were confirmed. Now verse 3. We understand the ages to have been put right by faith in a rhema from God, so that the things being seen have not happened out of things being visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more abundant sacrifice than Cain, by which he was declared to be righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and by it, though having died, he still speaks. Now, what have we just done? Remember the passage in Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Romans, the 8th chapter. Now, in like manner also, the Spirit takes hold with us against our weaknesses. What was Abraham's weakness? He was old. What was Sarah's weakness? She was dried up. She couldn't have children. They were old. They were past the age of bearing children. But the Spirit takes hold with us against our weakness. 
We know not what things we might pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself meets with us in our behalf with unutterable groanings. Now, if we keep your finger there and go back with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 3, we understand the ages to have been put right by faith in a rhema from God. Rhema means God-breathed word. A God-breathed word. We understand that the ages, not the universe. The word actually being used in the Greek is eons, eons, meaning periods of time, sections of time, ages. He's saying we understand that the eons or the ages to have been put right by faith in a rhema, in a God-breathed word from God. Okay, now go back with me, if you would, to Romans, the 8th chapter. It says, Now we know that all things work together for good, for the ones loving God, for the ones being called according to his purpose. Well, what was God's purpose? Hebrews 11, verse 3, we understand the eons or ages, the time periods, have been put right by faith in a rhema from God. So what is God's purpose? To put right, to bring righteousness into the land, to stop the devil's work, and to establish righteousness, to destroy the works of the devil, both in the culture and in our lives. God's purpose, if he's going to work everything out in your life, is going to be according to his purpose. He spoke a rhema word. Now, faith always is based on a rhema word of God. Why? because faith does not stand by itself in space. Faith must stand on something. It must stand on the word of the living God. Now, if we look carefully at the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we find that Abel heard a rhema word from God regarding the sacrifice that he was to offer before Almighty God. That sacrifice we know now symbolized our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He obeyed the rhema word from God, while Cain would not obey the rhema word of God. He would not join in the purpose of God to reveal already so early the blessing of redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. He would not agree with God, and so he brought to God the fruit of his own labor. He refused the purpose of God. And so we find that Abel, even though he was killed by his brother, he was killed by his brother. 
but still the blood of Abel speaks about, testifies about the gifts of God. God intends to use your life if you will allow him, if you will be an Abel and not a Cain. God intends to use your life to accomplish his purpose of putting right the culture and the families and the friendships that we live in by a rhema word of God, a word of righteousness and holiness. We need men and women who will hear a rhema word of God, who will put all of their trust in Jesus Christ, who will speak a a word of rebuke to the wickedness of our age, who will lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to put right the culture in which we live. You remember Hebrews, the 11th chapter, by faith. Now what's not written there, but what is meant is by faith in the rhema word from God having been warned concerning the things not yet being seen. No one had ever seen it rain. No one had ever seen a ship like Noah was building. The plans came straight from the hand of God. No one had ever seen anything like this, and it was being built on dry ground. It was landlocked. But he had received a rhema word from God. If you go back in the book of Genesis and read the whole story, he received the word, the rhema word, the breathed breathed word from God. He was moved with reverent awe. He put his whole life, he put all of his money, he put everything on the line to save his family at the command of a rhema word from God. And he delivered his household. And in his actions, he condemned the world. And he became the heir of righteousness in accordance with his faith. We find the same thing in the story of Abraham. He was called to go to a place where he was about to receive an inheritance. He went out obeying that rhema word from God without knowing where he was going. How could I be very straight with you? I've come to this radio station to proclaim the word of God to you because I received a rhema word from God that said, go on the radio and preach my word and call men and women to righteousness. Call them to pray and to fast and to read the word. Call them to listen to the rhema word of God from the scriptures. I'm faithfully doing what God told me to do. Now I see almost no result. But you see, I'm not doing this to be successful. I'm doing this to be in obedience to the word of God in the purpose of God to lift up a standard of righteousness even as Jeremiah went to the children of Israel and preached, Repent, for judgment is coming. How many converts 
did Jeremiah have? Well, he had a Cushite man, and he had, I think, one or two others. They put him in stocks. They scorned him. They shamed him. Was he successful? By any human standard, Jeremiah was totally unsuccessful. He was a flaming failure. If you look at Jesus' life, where were all of his disciples as he's being crucified? They've all fled. He's by himself. His mama's standing out there watching him, stripped naked, being crucified to a cross, weeping over him. Remember, it said, your heart will be pierced. Her heart was broken. Mary of Magdala stood there with her. And I'm so proud of John the Apostle because he was standing there also. (laughs) There were a few standing there. But at that point, if you had to judge Jesus' ministry, you would say it was a total failure. And I'm sure Jesus must have had some sense of saying, Father, I don't see any success in this. Do you understand? I come and do this radio broadcast to lift up a standard of righteousness in Washington, D.C., and it seems as though it's pointless. But many hundreds are downloading the messages every day in Japan. Many hundreds are downloading the messages in other parts of the world. More people outside of the United States are downloading than are those in the United States. Virginia, Maryland, D.C., very few. But Jesus assigned me by a rhema word to Washington, D.C. when I was a senior in high school. And I have spent my entire ministry either tutoring children down in Logan School area, preaching on the streets of Georgetown, feeding the homeless and the hungry in, in the district, and pastoring in Rockville, pastoring in Bethesda, and now the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. You understand I've spent my whole adult life ministering to this city? And I have just about nothing to show for it. But I have one thing to show for it. I've been faithful to the rhema word of God. And I'll tell you something else. God has promised me that that rhema word of God will be proclaimed over all of America. And I'm waiting for him to open national radio. I'm waiting for him to open FM radio in this city. I'm nobody. Come on. I'm over the edge old. All I know to do is to stand faithful before the Lord and proclaim his word. You can't teach this old dog new tricks. 
All I know is I love Jesus and I'm going after him with all my heart. I've divorced the devil. I've cast him out of my life by the power of the blood. I am lifting up before this city a a message of righteousness and holiness. And I'm saying you don't have to love the devil anymore. You don't have to play patsy with Satan anymore. You don't have to live in despair and discouragement anymore. You don't have to live in failure and brokenness before God anymore. The rhema word from God is Jesus Christ rules. He reigns. You can leave your sin. I'm lifting up a standard of righteousness with the weakness of my flesh. In the power of the Spirit, the rhema word from God has spoken. And the rhema word of God is going to break the power of the devil over this city. How do I know that? Because of Abel, because of Noah, because of Abraham, and because of Sarah because of Moses, because of the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. That's how I know it. I stand on the word of God. I'm not going to wiggle. I'm not going to move. I'm here. I'm not going to go away. I come and I say to you, this is not listener-sponsored radio. This is Jesus' rhema word-sponsored radio. I'm here at his command. Now, some of you have very graciously said, I hear that rhema word, and I'm going to stand with you, Pastor, and I thank you. I thank you for giving tithes and offerings to keep this broadcast on the air. If you don't want to give anything, it's going to stay on the air without you because Jesus will move in somebody else's heart. That's why I don't come and beg. I don't come and say, oh, I've got this book and I will give it to you for any any gift you give me. I'll give you this. No, I'm not quid pro quo. I'm not doing business here. This is ministry. This is Jesus. He doesn't do business. He chased the money changers out of the temple. This is the rhema word of God that you're listening to. He's calling you to walk in holiness. <laughs> you know what? I rejoice in the opportunity to come and speak the rhema word of God to you. Now you do whatever you want to do with it, but the Lord God of heaven is going to rule. I come and I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel, and I'm not surprised that you don't come. The Lord said to me many years ago, the National Prayer Chapel will not grow in a natural way. It will be born in a day. The power of God will break out in the rhema word, and one day the church will be jammed. But it won't just be National Prayer Chapel. It'll be the church. See, I'm not here to build the National Prayer Chapel. I'm here to build the church, the body of Christ, with a rhema word of righteousness and holiness and turning from Satan and stopping the, the entertainment and the foolishness and the darkness and the lies, the false teaching of the sinning Christian. It's all a bunch of... It's a false gospel. It's no gospel at all. 
If the gospel of Jesus Christ does not set you free from all sin now, it is not a gospel. So what are you going to do with this rhema word that's pouring out of this radio day after day? I'm just coming by faith on this rhema word of God. We understand the ages, the eons, to have been put right by faith in a rhema from God. The rhema from God is always about righteousness. If it's not about righteousness, it's not a rhema. Every person you see in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, it's about righteousness, it's about obedience, it's about doing what Jesus calls us to do. Now others, it says in verse 15, were tortured, not having accepted the deliverance that they may experience a better resurrection. And others experienced trials, mockings and scourging, fetters and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted to sin. They died by murder with the sword. They wandered about dressed in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, being afflicted, being tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in uninhabited regions and in mountains and caves and holes in the earth. And all these, having been confirmed by the faith, received not the promise, God having promised some better things concerning us, that apart from us, they may not be made perfect. Do you understand? These people were willing to put up with all of this pain and anguish and struggle because they had received a rhema word from God about righteousness, about salvation, about the blood of Jesus, about the new covenant. So, got a few minutes left in this broadcast. I'd like to know, what are you going to do? The rhema word has been spoken. You've been called according to the purpose of God to rise up and set right the wicked age in which we live. You've been called to lay everything down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm inviting you to stand with me in the rhema word of righteousness. Will you stand with me? Will you obey the rhema word of God to confess your sins, to be made right by the blood of Jesus, to be entirely consecrated to Jesus Christ? Will you give up your pet idols and sins? Will you give up your beloved sports teams? Will you give up your beloved movies? and video games, and bitterness, and ambitions, will you submit to Jesus Christ and allow his purpose to be accomplished in your life that you would be made righteous 
and that then you would participate in the work of setting right our wicked age to be made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Each one of these precious men and women that I've mentioned out of Hebrews 11 had to make that decision. They had to decide, will I or will I not serve Jesus Christ? Or will I pretend to serve Jesus and continue to walk in the arrogance of my heart and the wickedness of my life? Feasting on the things of darkness, feasting on wickedness, pretending that I'm a Christian but knowing in your heart that you're cold, knowing in your heart you're not really walking with Jesus. You're just playing you still love the works of darkness. You still like the fast life of the club. You still like the things of darkness and you feast on them. Will you turn today and repent of your sin and hear spoken the rhema word of God, the God-breathed word for righteousness, for innocence, for holiness? What are you going to do today with Jesus Christ? Now, I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. But I only want you to come if the Holy Spirit is telling you to come. I don't want you to come wholesale, because if you come wholesale and everybody came to the prayer chapel, we'd be a church like everybody else, full of foolishness. I don't want that. I want men and women who want Jesus Christ. And Jesus alone. And I can guarantee you we will not try to entertain you. We will not sweet talk you. You will hear a straight rhema word from God. And the arrows of the Holy Spirit will pierce any darkness that you're continuing to walk in. So please, if you're not ready to deal with that, don't come. You know, some people say to me, Oh, Pastor, I know my church is filled with darkness, but but I'm an armor bearer there. I'm, I have a place. I'm, I'm important there. Okay, stay there. Be important there. You won't be important if you come to the prayer chapel. One man came to the prayer chapel and the Holy Spirit said, ask him what kind of trouble he's bringing to you. So I just said to him, you know, brother, I don't have anything for you here. I don't have any position for you. I don't have anything of importance for you. How much trouble are you going to bring to me? Are you sure you want to come here? He said, yes, I want to come. Okay, come. He was at the prayer chapel for about 10 years, and then he finally decided, you know what? I'm tired of not being important. I'm going to go start my own church. <laughs> Didn't work out very well for him. Oh, I would have been delighted had he had a humble heart. Tried to start a church because all of his family told him he should be a pastor and he should start his own church. And so to please his family, he tried to start a church. But unfortunately, he tried to start a church based on the principles of Scripture and not on the principles of entertainment. 
but he didn't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so it was a failure. Now, I'm being real straight up with you today. The rhema word of God is about righteousness and holiness, fulfilling the purpose of God to turn our culture from its wicked ways to a righteous God. What are you going to do? If you want to come at your own risk to visit the National Prayer Chapel, I'll I'll tell you where we meet. We meet at the All Saints Anglican Church. We rent the facility. They're a wonderful family church, and they've loved us. We rent from them at 12 noon on Sunday. They're located right next to the Hilton Chapel. I'll give you the address. It's All Saints Anglican Church at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Again, it's the All Saints Anglican Church at 14851 Gideon Drive. Come around to the back side. You'll see a large white sign that says Lower Lobby. Come in the ground level, double glass doors. You'll find the National Prayer Chapel hidden away on the left-hand side. Now, I also would like to ask if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to give. Many of you said, please, Pastor, would you let us pay with a credit card? I finally said, okay, if you don't go in debt. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com and you'll see a donate button. You can give by credit card. I encourage you, though, to just send a check or money order or cash to the National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. If Jesus speaks to you, act on it. If he doesn't, please don't. God bless you. I love you. You've been listening to Ray Greenlee, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. This is Pilgrim's Progress. I'll talk to you soon.